0: Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I am your host, Justin Lamb, and this is episode 15 with my friend Antonio, or Tony, depending on uh, who you are and what you call him, I guess. What an amazing interview this was. Um, guys, I really think you're going to get a lot out of this. I have—I don't think I've ever hung out with Antonio before. Uh, we went to school together, and I haven't seen him since, uh, but we're friends on Facebook. I mean, it, it, he fits the mold of why I started this podcast and what I found out about him is absolutely amazing what what a beautiful beautiful soul um the shit that he's been through and come out of and the perspective he has developed on life given his background is absolutely fucking remarkable I don't I really shouldn't swear as much but it really is it blew my mind um he has a great story and and these core values that are just as genuine as they come, and it, it's one of the most admirable um, interviews I've been able to do. So I really think you're going to like it. I know I do. Uh, I don't want to wait any longer, so without further ado, here's Antonio. Uh, welcome. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Have you got a chance to listen? You know what I'm doing here? No. Okay. No, that's why I
1: told you. Like I'm very <laughs> yeah. illiterate when it comes to podcasts and what they're about.
0: Because I like to start out with how I know you. Okay. And I know you I know you from high school. Correct. I don't remember a bunch. I think I knew some of the people you hung out with. Sure. Because you hung out with people that some of the same people my brother hung out with. Sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, that's about it. I mean, I don't think we ever, like, even went to the same party or something, because you were two years ahead of me. Right. And uh, then high school happened, and, and uh, then I you popped up with, I'll tell you, like, the most char- charismatic social media <laughs> out there, uh, as a realtor out there, uh, <laughs> with the Facebook Live and everything. You think so? And then uh, I want to get into, you blow glass, right? I do, yeah. That's yeah. fucking awesome. I'm excited yeah. to talk about that. Yeah. So... With that said, I mean that's that's as much as I know. So okay. uh jumping all the way back in time. Sure. You're born.
1: Nineteen eighty one, um, July twenty first. Yeah. What <laughs> yeah. are your
0: do you have any siblings?
1: I uh I do have I'm the oldest of seven children.
0: Oh my god.
1: Yes. Um
0: so your parents had you and they just kept going.
1: Well, it's a whole <laughs> Okay. Crazy story. <laughs> we'll yeah. Start there then. So my mother, uh, she's passed away actually last year. She, uh, I didn't know her well. She lost all of her kids, so there was seven of us total, and she she lost all of us. Um, she was a prostitute and a junkie, and just couldn't keep her life straight, even yes. till the day she died. Uh, I was the first born. Obviously, well, there was I had an older brother who passed away in his crib a few oh. months after he was born, and then I was the next born. So I was the first born that was alive, and uh, from that point on, she lost every child she had. It just went from me and then uh there's my sister uh tanya rosie no tanya sarah michael larry ryan rosie keeping all that straight it's got it's not yeah <laughs> what's uh, what's
0: the biggest age difference um like how
1: you know, i mean we're all within 10 years pretty okay. much yeah
0: now when so, you say lost lost like lost they either got CPS taken away or, oh,
1: okay. uh, cps uh police um yeah, she just had no, you know, the courts, yeah. you know, judici- judiciary system took her away. So.
0: Okay. Where were you born? Pontiac. Okay. Yeah. Did you grow up around this area then? Clarkston. Yeah. Okay. Um, so early on, how, like, when was your first sibling born after you?
1: Um, my sister Tanya, I believe, is, I'm 38, so she's 36 or 37. Years. 37. Yeah, within a okay. year and a half, we were pretty okay. close to each other. Yeah. Yeah, I stayed with my biological family until I was probably three years old. And then there was a whole circ- situation I don't even know the whole truth about it but there was some shit that went down and uh they took us away my sister and myself and uh we hadn't been back since so I spent you know a few years in foster homes okay the village foster homes yeah. you know and then uh, I got adopted when I was 5 so okay. I went into a foster home and then the people that were my foster parents adopted me at 5
0: so. Did they adopt your sister too or just No. You
1: know? No, we went separate ways. Wow. Yeah, yeah. They so- split us all up pretty much and then I have my youngest brother, my adopted parents adopted him when I was eight and he was born.
0: So what do you, let's go back to childhood then. Do you have memories like before you, before the three, before you guys were taken into foster care?
1: Um, I do have a few memories, but that's it. They're just like glimpses of like things that have, that happened. Like I remember falling down some stairs when I was a kid. I don't think I fell. I was on like a toy, like a little car toy. And I drove down, I think, um, I think. Uh, But no, I don't have too many. I have memories in between getting taken away and getting adopted. So three and four years old and five. Ton of memories that probably a lot of kids don't remember. And
0: that's like, yeah. I I remember because of the trademarks.
1: You know, each one was trademarked by a time and a person and a family, you know, things like that. This is
0: just in and out of different foster homes. In and out of different foster Uh homes.
1: So I can mark each time with a different family or who I was with. It's
0: crazy. You do remember stuff like that, too, because uh, I mean, for me personally, like. Trauma and stuff like that uh, has led to me not being able to remember anything. Like, not anything. I can remember some sure. stuff. But, like, pre, like, 11, 10 years old, it's the whole much. thing's fuzzy about. sure <laughs> yeah. Like, I remember tree forts. I know yeah. the people I grew up with, like, friend-wise. Yeah. But, like, eh.
1: <laughs> Even now, as an adult, I find myself like you know i find it easy to forget things yeah. and i've become equipped with that talent to just let it go yeah. and it's because of that because of the trauma throughout my childhood where i just didn't want to think about it i didn't want to dwell on it i didn't want yeah. to be depressed over it or stress over it or and still i deal with that issue in life to where like i have to like i'll take things in i mean this is crazy because like music is such a healing vibration right. for people i don't i don't uh, retain it oh really at all like lyrics songs lyrics nothing. Not, names of who sings it do you the, enjoy the music i love music
0: but you're not it's not something that just sticks with you it oh. doesn't
1: stick with me so yeah i can hear a song over and over and over again and i won't know the words until huh. like i hear it a hundred times then i'll start getting some of the words <laughs> yeah but uh things like that i wish i could remember yeah but i've blocked myself so much from re- remembering things
0: i wonder if that's that i wonder if that's tied into like just your the way you learn stuff
1: uh potentially that, I or, think, or maybe yeah. you're
0: like compartmentalizing like i don't have room for fucking song lyrics i have this other shit i want to know about
1: (laughs) that is very true too yeah absolutely i've I've, I've wondered that back and forth like am i choosing this is this something that i've built in myself
0: well i mean i feel like conditioning alone you'd remember stuff earlier than that you know but that's so that's that's interesting
1: movies on the same way some movie quotes and movies i want to like
0: dive into that with I don't know someone that knows way more than I do. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That's that's cool. I mean, it's cool. It's weird. It's cool. I like it.
1: But there are things I remember that I probably shouldn't remember. And there's things that I remember that, you know, so my brain does pick things up, but I'm definitely, and it has become a learning curve for me. And how do I learn? I have to be hands on. I, you can't just tell me something and I'll remember. I have to set reminders and flag myself on a calendar and you know, like it's, it's become crazy.
0: So do you see, or I guess, when do you, I'm assuming you do, um, Your mom or your dad, biological, after you're adopted, when do you see
1: them again next? I hadn't seen my mother, my biological, I never met my biological father. He was deported before I was born. Oh, wow. Uh, My mother and him had met in L.A., and uh, I believe that's where I was conceived. And the story I heard is him and his friends woke up the next morning. They went to work. She got a phone call later that day saying that uh, he had been deported. And that he wouldn't be coming home so she ended up staying there for a little bit she came back to michigan stayed with her mother which would be my grandma and uh had me and then you know her life kind of fell apart after that yeah. so i think she had issues well before me but you know yeah. it's just how she was the 80s messed people <laughs> up you yeah. know a lot of people that couldn't handle it it just took them over yeah. you know crack came in it was horrible but uh so i hadn't seen her until I was probably 21 years old. Okay, wow. Yeah, so it was many, many years yeah. after. Um, my is that own,
0: when you found out about your siblings? No,
1: okay. I had learned that through the years just because. Yeah. Well, first my brother, my parents adopted him Okay. after me. So I got adopted when I was five. When I turned eight, they said, hey, do you want an, another brother or sister? And I was like, oh, you know, eight years old. I'm like, yeah. sure, that'd be sweet. And uh, then my brother Ryan came and I found out that was my biological brother.
0: You found out after they adopted. Did they know when they adopted him?
1: They knew. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because that'd be a crazy ad- coincidence. Yeah. Adoption <laughs> agencies try to keep people yeah, together yeah, yeah. for sure. But uh, he uh, and I didn't know until after he, they brought him home and they told me, you know, hey, yeah. he's your brother. Um, How was that? For me, it was fine. I mean, do you um, remember
0: that day? Like, I do. I really, what, what, are we, what are you feeling? As because uh, I
1: imagine. I like, remember being pissed off because I, I, I had to go to school. <laughs> yeah i wanted to stay home from school yeah. and i remember my mom and my aunt terry and my cousin Devin got to stay home because my aunt terry was helping my mom deal with the transition of bringing them home yeah and uh i remember being pissed off that i had to go to school and i was like this is my brother like this is my life you know because yeah. i knew who i was i knew i was adopted i knew i had no blood in my life yeah i knew that it mattered to me in my heart that i needed to know him and, and see him. so that i remember that day them saying that it was happening that day, and I had to go to school, and I was so pissed off that my mom made me get on the bus and go. Yeah. I
0: was
1: like, "Why can't I just stay home?" You know? And, Are
0: you guys? Did you guys immediately become super close?
1: Um, we were eight years apart, so I, you hmm. know, yeah, it was kind of <laughs> yeah that connection wasn't there but and then you got to think like i got him when i was eight i moved out of my parents home when i was so he was just like just he was born newborn he was five months old yeah so what happens is when you know you take in someone and you adopt someone and there's another kid born in that family the agency is going to call you guys first and say hey do you want dibs on this kid yeah try to keep families together so um and i you know my parents had told me later in life that they had options to take on the other siblings as well and they chose against it they almost took one of my sisters but they didn't and uh they ended up taking my brother on but uh and we didn't you know we were eight years apart so he came when I was eight I moved out when I was 16 so by the time he was eight years old I was already boot scooting and booging out of the house you know wasn't so I think uh and I still as of today I think he resents me for that kind of you know like but it was what can he do
0: did your other siblings that you didn't grow up with, did they live around here, grow up around here?
1: Uh, scattered. So Pontiac. Okay. But you didn't uh, like, like end Hornet. up going to school with one no, of them or something? No. Okay. No. I always wondered that. I yeah. was like, I hope I didn't date my sister or something.
0: Like, <laughs> that'd be weird. Yeah. What? Well, when did you, so you said you always knew about them? I did, yeah. Um. So when, when did you finally like meet, or have you met all your siblings?
1: I have, and okay. I, w- I waited till the last one was 18 okay yeah yeah that's i mean that's fair. um my parents weren't honest with my brother so we kept the secret until my brother turned 18 mm. that he was even adopted which was fucked up but it was like
0: oh so he, oh
1: yeah I so was, not
0: that he had siblings but the whole ordeal yeah
1: so i yeah i was forced to pretty much lie about who i was which in i'm order sure to created him. a
0: whole other dynamic
1: whole other dynamic Yeah. It is. yeah yeah You know, I've done a lot of research, and I've talked to therapists and counselors and things about it, and it's, you know, it's one of the worst things you can do is make a child lie. Yeah. It really is. It it rewires their brain to think completely differently about Mm. what is trust and what is real and what is, and uh, I've overcome, you know, like, the idea of of how much that hurt me, but I didn't even know it was an issue until I got older and had to work through it. But, yeah, so uh, we lied about that for, until he was 18.
0: Yeah. So, that's yeah, I mean you think of how many parents go through divorces and that before the divorce happens, that toxic relationship where the mom or the dad is telling the kid to not tell yeah. the mom or the dad about yeah, whatever's going absolutely. on.
1: Absolutely, horrible. Yeah. That's, it's uh, a toxic environment. i get super <laughs> offended when i see people do things like that with their children and when yeah. i see other like people lie for no reason all the time yeah. it's like for what <laughs> you know like to avoid why? like a small to avoid, argument
0: or a conversation to avoid
1: <laughs> yeah. a shitty feeling or whatever it is yeah. they feel inside themselves which no one really gives a shit like tell them the truth yeah. they don't care you know yeah. Yeah, so crazy. it's become a uh an issue in my life actually because mm. i expect people to be honest with me yeah. and was- if you're not then you're out.
0: It's a reasonable expectation. <laughs> it is reasonable, but
1: in today's world, it doesn't seem to be reasonable. Yeah. So
0: it's a, uh, it's hard. Yeah, it's, it's
1: tough for sure. So I, I definitely, you know, I work on that going back and forth on how to deal with my own self and yeah. then dealing with everyone else who, uh, you know, they choose the things they choose.
0: Yeah. So what, uh, what are the circumstances leading up to you moving out at 16?
1: Um, well, my family was, uh, very tough, very hardworking, very disciplined very strict
0: what your mom and dad do
1: both parents were uh, shop workers gm both retired dad did 39 years mom did 29 years at gm um dad was soft-spoken quiet tough guy worked hard every day worked outside every day redid his own engines you know that kind of guy dug holes is just how it was my mom was a uh, truck driver pretty much like you know she Mm -hmm. was every word was a cuss word and (laughs) f this and f that and Very tough woman too, so she was ruthless for sure. Yeah. Fair enough. People that know my mom are like Josephine. That's her name, Josephine. (laughs) She's a hard girl. (laughs) Yeah, she's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh
0: so what did that you said that's how they were, is that
1: so yeah, they were so strict and that's what kind of pushed, you know, by the time I moved out at sixteen, it was because of that. It was because I couldn't deal no more, you know. And then obviously the rest of the stuff, the adoption and lying and just all the other stuff in life that caused, you know. Emotional breakdowns to where I couldn't deal with them no more. Mom right. was ruthless. Like, mom would tell you how stupid you were every day. Okay. That's just how she was, you know? Like, she thought everyone was stupid until the day she died. Yeah. You know, that's how she was. Like, you're an idiot. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. Which I imagine can be damaging to somebody that's Absolutely. already, like, probably, I'm sure you grew up with a bunch of insecurities about your, sure. just yourself. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I, I'm in a class with this girl who. Her whole life was this is off subject, but kind of on subject yeah. um, her whole life. She was in foster system. OK, um, and she got adopted at like 15. But, yeah, she was telling us about the the foster thing. And and it's it's such a fucked up system. And I, I'm wondering and I am feel free not to answer. But like she talks about like the family she lived with until she got like the family that adopted her were some of the most like terrible people. Sure. Uh, abusive, like physically, sexually, emotionally, verbally, like any way you can possibly be.
1: I think, uh, I lucked out, yeah. you know, I couldn't imagine being a female in the foster care. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, I had a few bad homes that I remember. I remember getting taken away from one. They were, uh, they were just assholes and they were strict. And I remember getting blamed for things i didn't do at a young age you know i was three or four i don't even know how old i was but i was before i was adopted and uh i remember talking to my social worker when she came to do a visit and i was like i need to go like i remember that and i remember the day i left she took me to taco bell and then dropped me off at my new home you know like it's hard to remember stuff when you're three but i remember those things you know but i i lucked out i didn't have any uh I didn't have any sexual abuse in foster homes. I didn't have any issues like that. You know, um, I, I think I got very lucky for sure, because yeah. I think a lot of kids go through a lot of different types of abuse. And it was
0: like two years, right? You were doing.
1: Yeah, two years. years. I did a lot, though. I, I mean, I was in seven different foster homes, including yeah. the village. Um,
0: How was the village? As, I mean, as I don't infant, remember. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I, I remember it was, a, it was the first time I had seen my mother. Like, for some reason, they had her come, and I remember pushing a chair up to the door and looking through the little square window in the door, and uh, I seen her walking through the hallway, and I'll never forget that. You know, it's one of those memories that I have that I'll never forget. It was the first time I knew that was her, you know, and I was little, like, I was old. I'm like, how was I smart enough to push the chair against the door and look, but I did it, and I'll never forget uh, seeing her face. And uh, I can't remember the emotions I felt or anything, but I know that it was a memory I'll never forget. So something was there.
0: Yeah. Know? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, did your adopted parents have any biological kids?
1: Not together, but my mother had a daughter that was biological. Okay. So, and Where my dad is- raised her and she was older though. She didn't live at home. She, okay. she was a, she's not part of the seven. Um, okay. she would be number eight, but, uh, <laughs> she was, she's 55 now. Oh wow. So she was, she's much older. Yeah, yeah. She was almost 20 years older than I am. So,
0: I wonder why they did they ever tell you like why they chose to adopt like they raised a um, 20 year old already and they yeah, right. wanted to start over with them.
1: i had uh in one of my foster homes which is one of the best memories of my life it was with a uh, family and their names this is weird but i was with a barb and bill a rudy and judy i got adopted by john and joe um it's weird how that all works fake names man. They're no all for real names. i swear it's true um but barb and bill it was a beautiful place for me and there was a uh There was a kid there named Eugene and he was in foster care as well. He was older and my parents were coming to visit Eugene and, uh, Eugene had like, you know, he had a connection to me and he was kind of clinging to me and watched over me. And I looked at him like an older brother at the time. And, uh, when they would come to visit him, eventually Eugene was like, he needs a home. You know, back then, I mean, in the eighties, it wasn't common for white people to adopt, anyone of color. Yeah. So whether you're black or you're brown or whatever yeah. color, you know, it wasn't common. So me getting adopted especially wasn't especially in Clarkston. <laughs> especially in Oakland County. <laughs> yeah. You know, just yeah. Oakland County in general. So um I think he kinda talked them into it and then my dad kinda had like a connection with me, I think, and then they decided that that's what they were gonna do. I don't know because like I said, my family was strict and yeah. you know, I went through a lot of verbal abuse and mental abuse and emotional abuse and, you know, I wouldn't say, I mean, I, I wouldn't say my parents were physically abusive, but yeah, they whooped the shit out of me. You know, my mom would beat the shit out of me. She yeah. didn't care, but it, it was my mom, you know, like she could hit me as hard as she wanted. It didn't matter. Yeah. But, uh, and it's funny cause I told a counselor that and he's like, you don't call that abuse. He's like, that's abuse. I was like, well, it was just, you know, was my mom. Life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know, I'd rather her whoop the shit out of me than tell me I'm a piece of shit every day. You know?
0: Like, yeah. If you have to pick the verbal or physical. You yeah. Beat I mean.
1: my ass. That's fine. I'll be fine in about 20 minutes Yeah but uh
0: that emotional abuse sticks with you the rest, of your life. the rest of your
1: life <laughs> yeah. absolutely yeah um so uh but yeah i think uh what are we talking about eugene and how uh is that what you asked
0: well yeah like why why they decided to adopt oh yeah they so had I, don't okay. I don't know 20 year old i don't know i didn't know if yeah. they ever brought it up or if it's just what they did it was crazy how old were they then when they adopted you
1: 40 something yeah okay yeah my dad is now 75 my both my mothers. So when I said my mother passed away a year yeah. and a half ago, that was my biological mom. Yeah. My adopted mom p- passed away this past April. Oh God. So I'm sorry. two moms in one year. Yeah. Sucked. Yeah. But uh,
0: did you guys have a better relationship once you got older? No. 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 Did it get worse?
1: <laughs> um. Yeah. Just because our distance yeah. was more and more. You know, we separated more and more. We didn't agree on anything. My lifestyle choices. Um. I'm a cannabis user, so I, I definitely advocated that and practiced that and you and she was highly against it um she grew up in an era where that's just the devil you know and you don't do that (laughs) and uh i'm an idiot and this and that so um we just got farther and farther apart right the year before she passed we talked more and more through text messaging and things like that we visited each other a few times but no we had a pretty shitty relationship most of our life so what's
0: your life look like outside the home when you're like become a teenager and starting uh high high school
1: i i was probably stupid very very trouble stupid or? yeah i got in a lot of trouble yeah you know i, I think it was because i was locked down for so many years as a kid yeah and my parents were so strict that when oh, yeah. they did let me loose I, I just went for it
0: yeah i so, think you could put that background with most anybody and sure <laughs> give them an outlet they're gonna sure take it. <laughs>
1: you know i look at my friends and stuff who had more freedom as a kid and they're doing you know yeah totally different path they took um i took the rough path man i i got uh I moved out, lived with some friends, and I graduated high school on my own. Um, You know, my my mom said, you know, even though I didn't live there, she's like, if you do anything, your dad wants you to graduate high school. I was like, okay. So I did. I went to school every day after drinking 40s at night and smoking weed. And I'd get up and go to school the next day, and I made it happen. I graduated. And then uh, I ended up getting, I'm a two-time felon. Okay, And it sucked. I was 17, got caught with some cocaine. You
0: were a two-time felon at 17? Well... The first time was 17. The first time was 17, (laughs) yeah. And
1: then by the time I got charged, I was 18. Got caught with a very small bag of cocaine. That sucked. Um, And then after that, I got caught with a small bag of weed and got a felony possession charge because of the cocaine charge. So if you get caught with a felony possession of controlled substance, anything after that, even if it's a misdemeanor, is a felony possession of controlled substance. So a misdemeanor ticket of marijuana costed me another felony, felony. yeah so yeah <laughs> 17 years old and now i'm 38 and i still have felonies on my record
0: yeah because how long is that forever on forever
1: the, yeah cat? yeah so you, the did, only way you can get a felony expunged is if it's the only thing on your record
0: do you have to do any time at all for any of those no i've okay. never
1: done time i did seven years probation oh. yeah yeah <laughs> worst time of my life yeah yeah it yeah. sucked
0: um so then you graduate high school mm-hmm. um you're i mean you moved out for at least a couple of years at this point right? yeah yeah what's it what's next
1: uh graduated high school i was hired instantly before i even graduated they were talking to me about hiring me to work for clarkston schools and the ai program if you remember that uh-uh. kids with autism okay so they uh i ended up getting hired that summer and started uh-huh. the very next year working at uh, clarkston middle school okay so i worked in that uh until the day i got fired for getting caught with cocaine
0: that'll do it yeah
1: <laughs> that'll do it yeah i was like holy shit that's yeah. horrible so, it was it, you know a true story about the coke is and everyone says this but it's a true story i had the coke for about two months and i didn't want to do it yeah. i was like i don't want to do it i'm not getting fucked up i don't want to do this yeah. i left it at a friend's house well we ended up partying at that friend's house and the friend's like dude get that shit out of my house man I was like, all right. So I took the Coke with me home that night, and it was a 10-minute drive from, you know, maybe in Sashabaugh. I lived in Lancaster Lakes. Yeah. And within that, not even 10 minutes, within that four-minute drive, I'd gotten pulled over with the Coke in my possession. And it it wasn't even something I was doing. Yeah, it wasn't like I was having a good night or, you know. Yeah.
0: I feel bad when people like that story about the Coke because I've gotten away with so much shit that I shouldn't have gotten away with. Absolutely. That it's just like that sucks because it easily could have been me like and i was out in la like 21 super fucking irresponsible mm-hmm. and so yeah shit like that i'm like oh thank god because
1: <laughs> very lucky fuck, yeah. yeah i yeah. mean and i look at majority of my friends have never been busted or in trouble you know yeah. for the most part i mean yeah. it's very few i hate to even say it but i contribute two of them to racial profiling, you know, like yeah. being well, my I mean, color that's in Clarkston. the other
0: part of how I feel lucky is like I'm well aware of my white privilege. Like sure. I've definitely been pulled over where I'm like I know that he was just like, Well slow down next time yeah. Because, I,
1: yeah.
0: Like, because Yeah because of who I am. Yeah. No, uh, they,
1: they they see me from afar and they say, All right, yeah. pull him over, you know, young yeah. kid, dark skin, sure. So, cause I mean, my friends did the same shit and they didn't get pulled over and get tickets. And when they yeah. did get pulled over, it was have a good day. Yeah. You know, for me, it was get your ass out the car, spread them, you know, and yeah. it was like, okay. And I learned that real quick, you know, growing up. Yeah. So.
0: And it's, I'm sure even quicker in this area. Uh, yeah. And, you which, know, and unfortunately... I never took,
1: I never even really put two and two together until yeah. I was older. And I was like, that's what that was. You know, and I grew up in a white family. Yeah. You know, my parents are white and I, uh, you know, that's just, I never, I don't even look at myself as brown, really. I just, I'm just me, you know, I don't even see a color really. So, um, but yeah, now that I'm older, I look back and I'm like, they definitely, them fuckers. (laughs) (laughs) They got me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's a sad reality. Like I said,
1: I'm 38 years old and I have two felonies on my record.
0: Yeah. And so you got your second one by 20,
1: 22, I think I was 21 or 22. Yeah. So I got caught when I was 17 and I spent about two and a half years on pretrial services and probation and then I got caught uh, when I was twenty one or twenty two and then spent another two and a half, three years on pretrial. Seventeen
0: or. was the Coke? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So how long when did you graduate high school? Ninety nine. How old were you when you graduated? Uh sixteen. So you graduated two years no, early?
1: Seventeen. I was seventeen, yeah. Yeah.
0: And then you went over to Clarkson Middle School?
1: I how did I do? Hang on. Let's do some <laughs> math here. I graduated at seventeen, so I must have got caught with Coke at eighteen. Yeah, you're right. I graduated 17. I turned. How old was I when <laughs> I graduated? You <laughs> yeah, you're tripping me up here. Was I 17 or 16 when I graduated? I must have been 17, right? No one graduates 16. I didn't graduate earlier. Yet. Yeah, I was gonna say unless you. No, so I must have been 17 when I graduated and got caught when I was 18. It's your birthday was in right July, after. You said? It was the next year. It was July 21st. Yeah. Yep. So I turned 18 that summer then. Yeah. after graduating yeah. and then i started school working at the school the next year because yeah. i couldn't work at the school unless i was 18
0: that's what i was trying to figure out no yeah. you're
1: right yeah <laughs> my numbers are all backwards um so yeah i, I was 18 when i got caught yeah uh-huh. because i worked at the school yeah
0: so what'd yeah. you do after school
1: um went to group homes i started working in group homes okay. and uh i managed a bunch of group homes for almost six or seven years probably okay yeah
0: what brought you to that
1: Uh, just what I did at school working with kids with autism and I worked for a couple other companies and, uh, it was really the only place that was going to hire me at the time being on probation, having a felony charge against me, things like that. So,
0: yeah, I mean, that's, that's a whole other thing, which we can talk about if you want, Um, but but I'm sure the limitations involved there are like. For yeah. everything, right? Like yeah, yeah. apartment, uh, car, like like anything that has to run, anything <laughs> background. Almost of,
1: every application asks, you know, yeah. are you a felon? Yeah. You know, and it's like, and if you lie about it, it's against the law. Yeah, and it, you know, so I've always been honest about it, and I've always taken yeah. what comes with it. You know, it's choice i made and it was a mistake i made no matter if it's fair or not i have to deal with the consequences i imagine
0: you have to tell the story too like a billion times right i try not to you know (laughs)
1: know, and i I mean now luckily that we're older it's kind of just you know i don't put myself in positions where i have to tell it too much yeah
0: but you know also i think a lot of people are a little more forgiving of like had some drugs on me when i was 18 sure as opposed to like uh, me and my buddy robbed this place at gunpoint <laughs> right that's yeah scary, absolutely obviously. absolutely because yeah. that's the funny thing is felony is such a broad
1: like, and it's such a scary it covers thing. Scary Everything. name too yeah, yeah people are like what is
0: it <laughs> yeah um you guys know that i am a fierce advocate for therapy let's face it this whole show would not exist without the leaps and bounds i've been able to make in therapy and that is why i am beyond proud to have better help sponsor this show Ask yourself, is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? Uh, You know, I know I've spent some time in therapy learning to rein in my need for external validation. That's been my thing. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. Maybe even me one day. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 15,000 plus counselor network, which may not be locally available in many areas, and it's available for clients worldwide. And when you sign up, you can start communicating within 48 hours. So are you getting those random light bulb moments like I do? You're laying in bed and you're like, oh, I just thought of that. Uh, well, with BetterHelp, better help, you can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. That's huge. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule your weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. Guys, I know that waiting room awkwardness. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. No more of the awkward therapist breakups if you and your counselor aren't a match. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit betterhelp.com slash friendrequest, that's better H-E-L-P, and join over 1 million people, that's a lot of people, taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. There's a special offer for Friend Request listeners, that's you guys, you get 10% off your first month of counseling when you visit betterhelp.com slash friendrequest. That's betterhelp.com slash friendrequest. Remember, when you support our sponsors, you guys are supporting our show. I appreciate it.
1: But even, you know, recently I was in a relationship and the family didn't even know me, not even met me really, you know, other than seeing me like, hi, how are you? Um, But within a few weeks, they were doing a background check on me. And that was one of the first things they'd seen. And instantly from that point on, yeah. the whole relationship never once did they give me a chance. Oh, yeah. And it was, you know, you, you can do it's better. weird t- that the family's doing background yeah, checks. You yeah, you ain't fucking kidding. Yeah, yeah. That's trust the me. first red flag. Yeah, no, you're not kidding. I was Jeez. like, no, trust me. It was a weird situation throughout the whole relationship. But, uh, yeah, it, it's, you know, come up to where, like, my felonies have become an issue 20 years later. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, really? That's crazy. Because I got caught with... A half a gram of Coke when yeah. I was, you know, or, you know, a little more.
0: <laughs> yeah, the exact amount, but.
1: <laughs> it was yeah. 1.2, actually. I remember exactly. They weighed it. Oh, yeah. that's funny. Yeah.
0: Um, so after the group homes, I mean, what do you do for the next? Like I said, I, <laughs> I haven't seen you since high school. Um, so what, yeah. what, you, what have you been doing the last uh, 20 years?
1: I mean, in reality, I, I, I did a lot of uh, cannabis stuff. Um,
0: what do you mean by that?
1: Growing? I, you know, I, I grew okay. weed for a long time and then, uh, you know, I, uh, helped other people grow as well. So I get people set up with set grows up like and hydroponic shops, Absolutely. And yeah. Things like that. I worked at a hydroponic shop in Clarkston, um, ran that for a while. Uh, and then I do anything, you know, I'm a hustler. So anything yeah. that involves like, Hey, we need a salesman or we need, I've tried everything, you know, I've done any kind of job there is i've done car sales i've done vacuum sales i've done everything there is i've dug holes um sales is definitely where it's at for me i can't stand you know it's like i said my parents were strict and hard workers i worked my ass off as a kid yeah physically so i I knew when i got older that was not what i wanted to do you know
0: well yeah and then you have the you have the charisma for sales
1: oh i I probably (laughs) built that you know i was like fuck digging holes i'm gonna learn how to talk yeah um but uh So yeah, I did anything I could do to make money, you know, whether it was buy and sell cars, uh, reefer, whatever it was.
0: And they said you moved to Nashville?
1: I did move to Nashville. I did heating and cooling for a while. That was, uh, my daughter's 13 and she was just around when she was born. So it had to have been 12, 13 years ago. We'll we'll
0: jump to that then real
1: quick. Um,
0: So that's, uh, what, 2006 or something like that? Two thousand.
1: She was born uh-huh. in two thousand five. So you go out so was to Nashville around there. And,
0: yeah. Um, your daughter is your only child. Two. I have chi- two. Two. Child.
1: Yeah, I have my daughter who's she's actually fourteen. She just turned fourteen, October thirtieth. Um, and then my son who's five.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, is the mother in the picture?
1: Uh, I'm not with either moms. Okay. Yeah, two moms. Mom, um, separate.
0: <laughs> so what does that look like? And is that one of the driving forces that takes you down to Nashville? The um, timing of coincidence, or is it in line with?
1: Well, of course, the timing of having a child, and then it was, uh, you know, it was grind time. It was, yeah. you have no choice but to find something. So, so was, your
0: priorities shifted.
1: Priorities shifted. I, I need to go to Nashville, and I need okay. to work my ass off, which I was, like I said, I was sweating and grinding down there. I yeah. wasn't just selling things. I was working my ass off. Um, But, yeah, that was the 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 primary reason was to make that uh, transition to Nashville and try to make as much money as I could. And I ended up staying down there for like four or five months, worked, yeah. came home. And then I found work here, which I can't even remember what it was. It was probably some heating and cooling stuff or something.
0: That's fine. I want to tell you about Nashville in a second. But because <laughs> I, I, I lived down there for like three months. I loved it. Um, almost around the same time. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that, how was it like mentally, emotionally? finding out that you were going to have a kid as someone with a background of uh you know foster and adoption and and not the best home and now you're like getting put in this position where you can i mean do everything that we want to do right every kid wants to grow up and do better than their parents right so was that front of mind like is that did your priorities
1: shift immediately was there i mean for me i was a child that grew up with very little love you know like i didn't even know what love was i didn't know what empathy was i didn't know what it meant to be loved i didn't i still to this day with the exception of my children which is not the same but i don't know what unconditional love is other than what i have for them yeah you know so i don't know what it feels like to receive it i know now how to give it um
0: well, I imagine they give it to you, whether you, whether you get it. I hope, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know,
1: and that's part of my issue as a human and my thought process is yeah. I don't know if what they're giving me is unconditional because they may have conditions one day and say, no, you know, I don't know what could happen yeah. in the future. 20, 10 years from now, my yeah. daughter could say, fuck you. I don't want to talk to you no more. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I have unconditional love for them. Yeah. I would never say that to them no matter what they did. Yeah. Um, that's a parent thing, you know. Um, well, you would think. <laughs> uh yeah not mine but i wasn't so lucky but uh so to me it was something i couldn't wait for yeah that love yeah you know i had no blood growing up so i had no brothers and sisters really other than my brother ryan and my parents kept him so trapped away from me because they didn't want him to know the truth yeah. that it was like when i had a child it was time for me like i opened up you know and it was yeah. like here we go this is what life's about you know
0: so you kind of grew up i mean even though you weren't on your own you kind of grew up on your own right like kind of fending for yourself whether it be against your parents or against maybe like people at school or or outside you know outside your home did you feel like it was kind of you versus the world
1: um i didn't know the difference okay you know like i yeah. didn't understand the difference and i didn't know what was right or what was wrong and yeah. i didn't i didn't get it so to me i didn't feel like it was me against anything <laughs> it was me just trying to figure it out yeah and that was every day you know like why is this happening why why is this why is that so many questions i had growing up as a kid you know i went through so much anxiety as a child that i you know like i have empathy for other children that go through that because i know the torture and the pain you, yeah, you know yeah. you go through as yeah. a child Sitting in my room at night not knowing like why? Why is this even real? Like what what the fuck is this world about? Like what's happening here?
0: Did that um, create any sort of aggression or anger towards that you took out in other places or anything? Or was it just anxiety? I think,
1: um I think I was an angry child, angry teenager, you know. Yeah. I spent a lot of you know, um I was quick to throw some blows, I was quick okay. to, you know, go off my mom, I told you she was very verbal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I learned how to go off at the mouth yeah. real quick. Um, and it's taken me, I'm 38, so it's taken me, still I practice, you know, keep yourself in check, don't tell this fucker you're going to be his ass, you know, like, just, you know, which I don't have those issues really, but, uh, it's definitely still something I work on is, is getting angry about shit, you know? Well, imagine
0: in in a home like that, right, you, and I'm not a professional Sure. this is what I do though, Sure. (laughs) Sure. Uh, because I've had years of therapy and I'm recovering from all sorts of shit, and so I just, uh, but I imagine growing up in a home where you are not the person in control you're the person being called stupid or whatever um being able to take a role on trying to figure out a way to say this but like being able to take a role outside of school or outside of the home like maybe in school or in your social circles where you're like for lack of a fucking better term like top dog (laughs) you know like where you can have control yeah sure you're the you're the aggressor because people you know people respond to that because you have to respond to that at home you know what i mean like was that a position that you were in uh when you
1: subconsciously maybe you know that unfolded i see that you know i find myself in leadership roles most of the time i find myself um not feeling comfortable when i don't have control and i know that you know, I'm definitely a very controlled person yeah. in my own personal well-being. And that's probably why, because I don't want anyone else to ever have control of that again and do yeah. what they've done. Um, but yeah, you're probably a hundred percent right with that for sure. Yeah. Um,
0: well, yeah. That's why I was, cause I've, I've been diving into this in therapy recently trying to figure out like, why can't I remember shit? Like I, I know some of the like main trauma points of my childhood and sure. like why I blocked some stuff out. But one of the things that I came to realize as I talked about stuff, I was like, well, I hated being at home. My brother was an asshole. My mom was unstable. <laughs> and then hated being at school. Cause everyone was an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so she, my, she's like, what did you, why did you play with like toys and shit so much? I was like, well, cause that's like, I, created my own fucking world. world <laughs> like, sure. Yeah. go in the basement, I'd make my little bases and shit and I was like cuz those're the memories I have. Like I remember, I can tell you every fucking action figure and <laughs> I can tell you every playset and like sure. the whole 9 yards but like couldn't tell you anything that actually meant mattered cuz yeah. I was like fuck all that shit. Right. Um so I imagine anywhere that you can for me the way I was trying to relate to that is like I wanted to create a spot where I was safe. Sure. And sometimes being safe means like, you got to be the person in charge of everything because then you can't get hurt if everyone is like, quote unquote, below you, you know? Yeah. 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 That's where
1: I, you know, I, you're probably exactly right. I mean, when I, I I find myself trying to make things fair for everyone in my life. So if you're in my life, I want you to have equal to what I have. And I feel like that's part of that, you know, is like, it was never equal at home and I was always less than, and I was always told I was a piece of shit and dumb and yeah. stupid. And it was growing. I never treat my kids that way. Never in my life. Would I tell my kids they're stupid? Yeah. Not even out of anger, you know, like never would I tell them they're dumb or they're not, you know, I do nothing but, you know, bring them up and flower, you know, and water yeah. them, you know? Absolutely. Um, yeah, you're probably hundred percent. Right. Well, I imagine the
0: fairness too. comes from like, it's, it's a rare thing to work with, autistic kids and um, the work at the group homes and stuff. But like, it's essentially you're uh, volunteering, you know, you're, and you're taking on a part of society that a lot of people are nervous or afraid to even be around. Sure. Um, which is a whole other thing we've talked about on here that doesn't get nearly enough attention. Sure. Um, so, you know, there's parts just in that, like there's a lot of selfless, selfless things you've already told me that you've done. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that fairness is, is interesting. Cause I think you don't necessarily want to be like above, but you also, you're not going to be below anymore either. Right. So trying to make it equal, uh, I think is, I think that's
1: yeah perfect. When you when you I, live in a I, world I that's completely not equal. Get what, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah but <laughs> no. It's got to be a constant struggle. It is a constant struggle, yeah. but I do. Yeah. And I think you're right. I try to, uh, create fairness for everyone. And yeah. That's awesome. I've never, like you talk about working with kids with autism. I've never, to me, it was so simple. Yeah. It was easy. All you had to do was care. Yeah. And love, you know. Sur- All surprise, you surprise, surprise. Surprise. <laughs> That's yeah. it. Yeah. And not be afraid of something that you, you don't know about, yeah. you know, and that was it. Whether I knew this kid or not, or this adult, or this child, whoever it was, um, I was going to find out who they were, and I was going to work with them and try right. to break through, you know, barriers they were having. Um, it was easy to me. I did that for yeah. 15 years, you know. It was something I did for a long time on and off. But I never connected the dots to that you just kind of did that for me of why but, yeah. i may have done that
0: that's i mean that's that's so awesome um one of the i, I don't know the episode number three i'll say three doesn't actually matter but okay. uh my friend stacy was on here and she uh was interested in the same stuff and started a workout pl- not plan she did a thing like i think it was through planet fitness okay where people with special needs can come like and it was like once a week or once a month or something awesome they do like a workout thing and then she stopped getting funding for it. So she was like, well, I'm going to do my own thing. And so now she like built a gym in their garage and now she hosts it at her house and wow. uh, has yeah does like a exercise for special needs thing. I was like, there's not an outlet for that already. She's like, no, because like, oh, it's just something that I would just assume like, oh, obviously these people are going to be taken care of.
1: But sure. No, no funding. People are people uh, don't want to pay for that. Yeah. And everyone requires time, you know, and it's like time it's costs money. Yeah. Man.
0: So anybody that puts any effort into that arena, uh, working with people with special needs, I think is it's got to be... Well, A, I, I imagine it's super rewarding for you, um, and then it's also unspoken rewarding for them, because they have people that, like, throughout a society that casts them aside in a lot of ways. Sure. Uh, you, ha- they have you know, they there. say,
1: like, those things are rewarding, and I never... Even now, like, I don't feel... Yeah. It, like it was rewarding, but only because I was doing what was right.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not. And I'm not saying it yeah. was rewarding in a selfish way. Sure. Yeah. But like, like,
1: I never found like gratification myself out of being the helper. Yeah. Or it was always like, this is what's right. Like, if you see someone fall, you help them up. Yeah. Yeah. That's just simple. I, you know, I don't get a cookie. I don't get a pat on the back. <laughs> yeah. I'm lucky. I'm getting seven dollars an hour or whatever I was making. You yeah. Know? Like, um. But yeah, it was, it's, I think that's
0: a, that says a lot about you though. I mean, which is sure, great. Thanks. Yeah. Hey, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you were in Nashville, like 05, 06 area, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. So you're down there, you do heating and cooling stuff. Yep. Learning some more trades.
1: Yeah. I did heating and cooling here on and off uh, with friends. Um, so I already kind of knew it. So when I went down there, I was prepared, but it was different down there because everything's in the attic here we have basements oh, yeah, Nashville's yeah. I all think about it. that. yeah and there's no heaters it's all ACs yeah. so <laughs> it was a little bit different but you know I did the same stuff pretty much
0: okay but. but your daughter's born at this point
1: my daughter was born at that point yep so she was here with mom and uh I just kept sending money home until I came home yeah. you know and, and mom and I we dated uh on and off for four years so eh, not even three years and uh at what
0: point in the three years was your daughter born um like at the beginning
1: well i guess four years because yeah we dated a year before my daughter was born and then my daughter was born and uh yeah we dated my yeah i i left when she was three yeah i was going to Specs howard school of broadcasting okay yeah so i graduated from there um and that was around the same time when her and i were splitting up at that time yeah. so yeah i left when uh she was three so
0: what do you want to do with Specs?
1: I went for uh film and video okay you know? cool. i was thinking about yeah, yeah. doing like you know commercials and things like that so nice. and i did for a while i don't know if you remember john king uh-uh. okay well his dad is a producer or okay. he was I think he's retired now but he was doing uh productions for chrysler and gm and all yeah. these other companies so i was just doing gaffing work and nice. and you know yeah being a gopher on set yeah. so it was pretty cool though i got a lot of experience out there but okay. i realized real quick in that business Unless you know somebody, you're not getting the job. Yeah,
0: I did that in L.A. for two years. It's
1: stopped. <laughs> so it's like once he retired, my work was gone. You know. Yeah. And even the people I met were like, "Oh yeah, I'll call you," and they end up having their cousins or their brothers or someone more important than me. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah I wish I knew you years ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, when I did, that's what I did in L.A. Um, I moved out there in 2004. Okay. So I started working in production stuff, um, and it's I fell into it because my buddy new guy who hired PAs. Yeah. <laughs> so I got a PA job and a production assistant, which, you know, but in sure. case people don't know. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but when I moved back and I still get these emails, so if, if real estate ever doesn't work out for it, uh, it's production jobs and they're all over the country Yeah, and you just essentially like, here's my experience as a PA or whatever. And
1: Let's see if you get like, hired yeah, or not. That's right. how I
0: got a bunch. I worked on so many reality shows. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious it's fun stories yeah oh it's crazy it's like i'm so glad i didn't stay out there Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you come back from nashville you're you're together a few years um with your daughter's mom and then you guys split
1: yeah we split and i did my own thing and uh yeah that was probably just a bland 10 years <laughs> of just trying to figure out what the plan was well, i imagine
0: your background focus too is always like provide for my daughter right yeah always yeah yeah
1: always provide for myself and my daughter you know i mean like i said my parents are the way they were so they weren't very helpful yeah you know like i take care of myself always yeah. have my own stuff my own money my own cars my own roof yeah um parents aren't kind of they're not givers Yeah. so it's not like hey i need some help and they're like here let's yeah. help you they're like eh, sorry <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay go to work um, okay yeah
0: exactly what uh when does your son come along
1: he's five now so uh so he she's was, like
0: eight when he's born or yeah, nine, eight or nine. Almost the same. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Same as me and my brother pretty much. Oh yeah. I didn't um, put that together. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He came along. He's deaf. Okay. Yeah. My son is deaf. So that was a trip. He, uh,
0: did you guys find out before he was born? No,
1: or? no. They do a hearing test at birth. He failed. And that's typical because a lot of times there's liquid in the ear yeah. and then they say, okay, we'll come back in a month and we'll do a checkup. So we did that. And he was still no. Yeah. You know, not non-responsive to noise. And then uh, they were like, well, that, that still happens. It's not a big deal. Come back in a month and we'll do it again. And we came back that month later. And uh, it was crazy because you see like on TV when they break the news to you about something. Yeah. Well, instead they were like, okay, yeah, we're good. Come on in here. We sat down. And he's like, so yeah, your son's deaf. And I'm like, what?
0: Where's the violence? Yeah. Where's like that? what?
1: Like he just said it so yeah. so Where's easily. empathetic doctor? Yeah. Yeah. So... And then that since, uh, since he was born, man, it's just been a whole life-changing experience, yeah. you know? And, and, uh, did
0: you learn ASL?
1: Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. We speak fluently at home. Nice. Um, people always ask like, how much do you know? I, I know as much as a five-year-old, <laughs> you know, I <laughs> yeah. know a little more, yeah. but, uh, stay on
0: par with him and just let yeah, it grow as it
1: goes. Absolutely. And I can't <laughs> yeah. wait till he actually can uh, comprehend the idea that he needs to teach, um, which he teaches already. He's very smart and yeah. he, uh. You know, if he was here, he would grab your hand. He would show you what he wanted. He's yeah. not stupid, you yeah. know. He's like, come on. Stop. <laughs> come on. Let's go, you know. Well,
0: well yeah, once he's in school and get doing homework. Yeah. Well, he hey. goes to
1: Michigan School for the Deaf. Okay. Uh, they start school. Deaf children start school three years old. Oh, Because okay. they want to get them, yeah, in, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, language is important. So, um, his school is fluent sign. You know, everyone signs. Yeah. Teachers, principal, everyone. So. But I, does
0: he, I imagine like I don't know if he knows yet but like that he's when he comes home and's like maybe doing homework or something he's teaching you guys. <laughs> yeah,
1: he's gonna yeah. realize that real quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he's taught me a few things. There's uh you know, like there's signs where uh, there's signs and then you have to spell words out. Yeah. So, for example, bus. You can spell out the word bus. But deaf people do it like just one quick pop, yeah. one they sign. Have, yeah. There's
0: no U in there. It's just B and just S.
1: <laughs> bus, you know, <laughs> yeah. like me, I would spell it B-U-S. And yeah. he's like, no, 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 bus, you know, just pop it. But, uh, he's taught me things like that at four years old, you know, like. That's awesome. Yeah. He can spell, and people are blown away, he gets on the TV and spells spider and clown and, yeah. but he had to learn how to spell early because they spell things out in sign language.
0: Well, I'm so, sure they'll yeah. be beneficial. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's so weird to me, and I guess I never really thought about it, that they don't know for so long. That they're but deaf. Yeah. Well, because nowadays it seems like, oh, well, no, your kid's hair is going to end up being brown, usually parted on the side. And he's yeah, they gonna, know exactly. He's going to like basketball. Like You're right. going to know that before they're even born. Right. So something like that huge, the fact that they can't even, that you don't know right away. Yeah. Because it's just they need responses, right? That's the only way to really Absolutely. tell.
1: That's crazy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I never, I, I would have assumed that it's something like you can tell in utero or something.
1: In those first few months, like I said, before he was diagnosed, um, it was hard for me to know whether or not he was, you know, hearing me or not, you know, and I'd be like clipping my fingers or doing things like that. And he, uh, he, I, I'd be like, he can hear me, (laughs) you know, and it wasn't until he was diagnosed. And we still went through, you know, a few months at least of like Oh, is yeah. This real. Like, what do you well, mean? Well, in those
0: death? first few months, they react to everything. Yeah, so you're clicking your fingers. He's going to react, whether to you can hear it or yeah, not. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So vibrations, or you moving your fingers, whatever. It yeah, is. yeah,
1: yeah. He's super uh, attentive. You know, like you know, he he feels everything. He feels air pressure differences. He feels vibrations on the in the house on the ground. Yeah. Um, you know, wind. The smallest breeze, he'll could tell someone walk by him. You know, he feels yeah. it. Um very heightened. very intuitive you know
0: that's awesome yeah um how often does you so your daughter did you introduce her to him right away oh absolutely she knew about the whole thing happening as it happened well,
1: yeah 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 her <laughs> and him are very I close. How stupid that question is when i <laughs> no, asked it absolutely no. um, she signs fluently uh they're super close she's oh, an amazing cool. sister um she you know i have my kids part-time so yeah uh, i get them i think it's 13 Point something days out of the month um they come on the same schedule always have i've right. had my daughter on the same schedule her whole life um my son comes on the exact same schedule so they're always together when i have them that's cool um they would never even they don't there is no half brother or sister you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah they're just brother and sister it's just how it is
0: that's awesome yeah um and they all live same area same schools yeah.
1: well my son now lives in farmington but he goes to michigan school for the deaf yeah which is in flint okay and then oh, um, that is a drive ugh, i know <laughs> i know Jeez. he used to get picked up because he uh his address was through clarkston at my yeah. house so clarkston school district would transport him to michigan school for the deaf and then his mom moved and was like i'm not driving him no more so the bus is going to pick him up from our house so she changed school districts to hers wow. so now i have to drive him to michigan school for the deaf when i have him so she lucked out and he gets picked up from the bus there. Me, I have to wake up early and take yeah. that drive. It's a drive. Oh yeah. You know, it's 30 minutes from my house.
0: Yeah. So. I know that drive. Yeah. I go to Flint airport.
1: Oh yeah. It's <laughs> exactly right yeah. there. Yeah. I get off the same exit. Yeah. Yeah. Good old Flint Bishop.
0: Yeah. Um, so the, when do you get into real estate?
1: Uh, real estate was a year and a half ago. Okay. Um, that just kinda, I was dating someone and, uh, their dad was in real estate and she wasn't too fond of, of what I was doing. Yeah. Um, this was the hydroponic setups and stuff. Yeah. Things like that. (laughs) So she didn't really like that too much. And, uh, and I, I was to a point in my life where I was like, you know, I'm ready to try something different again. And, uh, her dad was like, you do great in real estate. He's like, give it a try. So I ended up, you know, taking the class, which was two weeks. And then the exam took three times and I finally passed. And, uh, yeah, I've been doing that for the past year and a half now. How's that going? It's, it's okay. I mean, it takes a few years for yeah, anyone yeah. to actually be successful or make, well, you uh, build a reputation. You got to build a reputation. You have to get clientele, word of mouth, um, and word of mouth yeah. right. Referral base is my biggest strength. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I'm doing better, I think than most new agents I would imagine yeah. from what I've been told and what I've seen. Half the agents that started with me are gone. You know, they didn't yeah. last, they couldn't last more than four months. Um, I got to get another year and a half or a year under my belt and I think I'll be all right. You know,
0: well, I think uh, and I mentioned this at the beginning a little, I think you put, you put it out there. Like I think, sure. And it could be the illusion, but it seems like you, you like put in the work. Like if you have downtime, it's not downtime spent. Like cool. I'm going to watch this fucking show. It's downtime spent. Like how can I get people's attention and bring them in?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Marketing for sure. yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think that's, probably like the biggest thing you have to do at that stage Well, social
1: media yeah that's where why not i mean social media is free advertising it's free marketing and it's like what you know i am on facebook i spend a lot of time i spend 36 hours a week on facebook (laughs) my phone tells me it does yeah it does tell me yeah yeah. (laughs) and it'll tell me if i'm 15 percent up or 15 percent down but uh i spend a lot of time on social media and i interact with people and i talk to people i do a lot of referring so, you know, I'm a referral person. I you know, if you have a business, I'm going to refer your business online to people who need it. Um, but social media is amazing. It's free. It's yeah. like, why would I not put myself out there? And all I'm trying to do is make a living, yeah. you know? And oh, it's yeah. like one thing with, I've done a lot of sales. I told you, and, and with real estate to me, what I love about that is that it's no bullshit. Like, I can't bullshit you. you No,
0: no, no. It has a second bathroom. They can't show you until you buy the house. Right. Like, there's no bullshit involved. No
1: one wants me to lie. No one wants me to manipulate the price. Yeah. Like, you know, every sales job you have, they're like, well, charge them this and you make this. And well, fuck you. Like, just let's tell them what we're going to give to them for and tell me what I'm going to make and let me do my job. You know? Um, so that's what I love about real estate is it's pretty simple and you can Google what I make. Yeah. You know, simple. So yeah, it's. Definitely, uh, and I like to talk to people and interact and drive around. You know, I'm not stuck in one place all the time. Yeah, you constantly know? moving. Constantly moving. I'll see a house, I'll see five houses in one day in four different areas. Yeah. And it's, you know, it yeah, a lot bad. of time driving.
0: Our realtor, when we, when we finally got this house, we had seen 41 houses and put in 11 offers. Oh, my gosh. And 10 of those offers were above ask. Wow. That was just like the market in the spring. Yeah. <laughs> that's the
1: market in the spring yeah I hate every our house was sold
0: too so yeah, we were like man you were uh, like
1: post-occupancy yeah. waiting to get up
0: so we were we stayed at my mom's for a month it was yeah it was the worst in this house the only reason we got in this house because the people that lived here uh the husband got a job in tennessee or in kentucky and they needed to move like immediately they're like the realtor's like you guys do full ask it's yours We're yeah. like done wow <laughs> so that worked out um so creative endeavors though when did you start blowing glass
1: um well my, i imagine my life, love for cannabis yeah, yeah, I, was, yeah, I imagine like, that
0: led into yeah, it yeah my love for cannabis a lot of people uh, will smoke a bong but not everyone will start blowing glass right
1: <laughs> i uh i don't know how i just i I had, I had met i had made a friend and they were a glass blower and i became close with them and then it turned into like You know, I was talking back and forth with another buddy about things I should be doing. Like, I want to start a business. I need to make some legitimate money. I need to make this happen. Um, And then he was like, well, talk to so-and-so and and see if you can start blowing glass. So I started doing that. And then it turned into, at the time, my skill level. I don't know if you know what a dabber is. Yeah. It's like for doing dabs. Well, my skill level was only good enough to make dabbers. (laughs) So I was like, just dabbers. Like, that'll be my business name. And I'll sell just dabbers because everyone needs a dabber. I
0: saw that, yeah. Yeah,
1: so... (laughs) I, uh, and I created I, I, I designed my own logo. I had stickers and t-shirts and I, you yeah. know, I went all out. I had my own shop. You're a big
0: fan of marketing.
1: I was a big fan of marketing. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I get um, that. And I had a nice shop too. It was nice. You know, we had seven glass blowers in at one time. Wow. Yeah. Working under my shop. So we were killing it for a couple of years. And then, uh, you know, after a while it's, it was the first company I ever owned. It was the first time I ever had a business, like a location, an office, yeah. a shop, um, seven people working under me plus a ton of other just come and goers um a lot of events and marketing and traveling and and numbers and you know it just became overwhelming and, and relationships started falling apart between yeah. the, the people well, working together and
0: it's got to be all you too right like yeah. you have to give that anytime you start a business you got to give it one hundred percent, absolutely <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: absolutely and, and everything's my fault You know, when you have employees, everything is, you know, I have seven different employees coming to me about each other all day and then wanting this and this and that and that. And it's like, it became stressful, you know? So we were still going strong actually. And then, uh, the unit that I had been renting for the couple of years, they were going to sell the property. Uh, So they, uh, they said they had talked to the new owners or the people that were buying and the people said I could stay there, but they were going to charge me more in rent. And I said, you know what?
0: Seemed like a good time good to...
1: Time to yeah, good time to... Yeah, good time to clean our hands of it and let it go, you know? How long were you doing that? Um, well, I still blow glass, so yeah. it's has How been, long uh, was
0: the company they're on? Two years. Okay.
1: Yeah, I, I still Thanks. own the company. Okay. Yeah, we're still in business, so... Yes. Yeah.
0: so do you sales and stuff online?
1: I do... Yeah, Instagram is probably my uh, cool. main thing. And, you know, I did a lot of promoting for my glass blowers as well, which now they've all... My, I actually... Uh, a kid that blew glass for me he just moved out he lived in my home and worked out of my studio and just moved out three weeks ago huh. so that was my last guy was him three weeks ago yeah but now they all sell their own shit on instagram and under their own names yeah. and you know
0: do you blow you have like the equipment or whatever in your garage i something? have everything in my garage okay. now we did
1: have a setup in the in the shop and they yeah. moved to the basement and then now my stuff personally is in the garage right, but so. i don't blow glass as much as everyone else i've been doing real estate for the past yeah, yeah. year and a half non-stop i'll go months without touching the torch now you know it's Crazy.
0: do you ever do anything i don't want to say not useful because that's not what i mean functional but, non-functional uh, not yeah like art pieces like non-functional i, art uh, pieces. I
1: primarily do art pieces nice. so what i would do is like let's say one of my shopmates would make a rig or a bong or a bowl yeah. i would add things to it okay so whether it was a decorative piece or it was a marble of some sort wraps around something that wraps around it or something. yeah, yeah. Okay. um i do a lot of jewelry i do uh a lot of tabletop paperweights, things like that. Yeah, that's um, cool. Yeah, a bunch of cool little non functional pieces <laughs> I make. Yeah, yeah. I made uh, bells. My mom used to collect bells, so I'd make her a okay. bell. Yeah, you know, anything pretty much, as yeah. long as it's within size.
0: Where can people find that on Instagram?
1: Uh, Just Dabbers. Okay. Yeah, Just Dabbers. Yep, on Instagram. Yep, that's awesome. At Just Dabbers.
0: Um, <laughs> you know, I never
1: realized it uh, how much I loved it until I started doing it, you yeah. know? And then I realized, like, I had some older pieces, and I was like, man, like, I didn't even realize how much in-depth this stuff was yeah. and what it took for someone to make this tiny piece that yeah. I just take for granted, you know. But uh, it, it's it's crazy. There's a lot of talented glassblowers in Michigan. So Some of the top 100 glassblowers in the world are from Michigan. Nice. So there's a big chunk of them here. Um, probably the most famous glassblower is Banjo Glass. He's from Michigan. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we have a whole handful of great glassblowers from Michigan.
0: You put all your like art pieces on just stab just yeah, yeah everything's on just stabbers awesome. yeah, I, yeah.
1: yeah i probably have a couple thousand pictures on there for sure yeah. check that out yeah that's yeah. that's
0: sweet um i got off that's i got fine. off on a tangent on that no, that's, that's cool. fascinating class me. is I, cool man you can come anytime you yeah. want and try it for sure i'm it. always <laughs> not yeah yeah, yeah. i mean i mean you know i'm i'm artist I, yeah so like that sort of stuff
1: i've had so many people come um, and try it and they're mind blown when they yeah. do it because it's not you know just come come yeah. and try it it's fun yeah. you know you ain't got to fuck nothing up
0: I don't I don't think I have anything else. Did is there anything that we didn't touch upon that you want to talk about?
1: No, I think we talked about a lot. We talked about kids, my kid life, <laughs> uh glass, real estate. <laughs> I think you hit a lot of good topics awesome. there for sure. Um,
0: other than Just Dabbers, anything you want to plug or tell people come visit? Real Estate One. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Antonio Morello at Real <laughs> Estate One. Absolutely. Yeah. See, I'll tag
0: it on there when I yes, post it. Yes,
1: yes. Any referrals are highly appreciated. That's how absolutely. I put food on the table. So <laughs> yeah. if you guys know anyone and uh, you don't want to use your other agent, call me. <laughs> yeah, Make it happen. I'll yeah. work hard for you awesome man! So, yeah i appreciate it Well, thanks it. for doing this absolutely i had fun i, I learned appreciate a bunch. It. I had that's fun. awesome yeah
0: i'm gonna go blow glass i'm some glad point. you're doing this man <laughs> that's
1: good for you and uh yeah it's you been, build friendships and relationships off of this
0: it's been super rewarding too it's um, better than facebook it's voice book
1: yeah see voice book yeah
0: but it's uh it's dude it's seriously um, it's been so good Alright, you just listened to Antonio, and oh my god, how great is that? He just has such a crazy uh, background, his childhood, the foster system, being adopted, his parents, and then he comes out with this perspective on life and this selflessness that I don't even think he recognizes. And it, it's really a beautiful thing, and I was, I was so excited to sit down with him, and I still have to take him up on going to his glass shop because I'd really like to play with some glass. I think that'd be cool. But I want to thank him again, and I want to thank you guys. Uh, Please, as always, continue to reach out to me or my guests and let us know how this is impacting your life. It means the world to me when you do that. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at FriendRequestPod or Twitter at JL. And please, please, please leave us reviews. We need some more reviews, uh, whether that be in iTunes or on Facebook or Stitcher or anywhere else. Please leave reviews Uh, that helps us get noticed and uh, spread this to as many people as we can, because I think it's really helping people. And I mean, selfishly, it's helping me. So please keep doing that. I really appreciate it. You guys are the best. I love you. Thank you. We'll talk to you next week.